This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pass the war quickly, down to six seconds, Carr going down again, and it's Quinn Williams this time for the Jets. And welcome back. Another episode of the Cool Jets podcast. We host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Another head coaching candidate profile. This time, Panthers offense coordinator Joe Brady. Michael, what are your thoughts on Joe Brady? Do you think he's ready to make the leap uh, from offensive coordinator to head coach? Yeah, Joe Brady has been a, one of the most interesting candidates, really, from the start of this process, even since very early in the season. I've always been kind of skeptical just because of the age. He's he's just so young for a head coaching spot, but there's definitely a lot of intrigue with him, and he definitely fits the profile as maybe the Cliff Kingsbury of this year's head coaching class, so the boomer bust candidate that would be really exciting but also come with a lot of risks just in terms of experience. Yeah, I think at least Kingsbury had, had head coaching experience. Brady's right. a guy who only had one year of offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator experience in the NFL. Before that was at LSU and obviously Joe Burrow and, and the national title game. So he, he's garnered a lot of buzz, but is he ready yet? I mean, I guess Sean McVay is the, I mean, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. He's obvious as well, but Sean McVay is the young 31 year old offensive wonder kid and, and gets a job and, and you know, to fix the Rams to the Super Bowl. Can Joe Brady repeat that? I mean, I think the question, and the Jets haven't requested him. I think the question is, can he be that CEO type of candidate? So we'll hop into that. As always with these, we bring on somebody who knows a hell of a lot more than we do about these candidates. Elena Getzenberg from the Charlotte Observer, Carolina, Be- uh, Carolina Panthers beat reporter. Elena, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day. Obviously, uh, you're familiar with with Matt Rule and, and his coaching staff. Rule should have been the Jets head coach, but we'll just let that slide. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brady is, is, is interesting. I mean, he's only been requested by a few teams. The Jets are not one of them. Uh, I guess the obvious concern is the age. At 31 years old, do you think he's ready to handle a head coaching job already? That's a great question. I mean, to me, it's less... The age is apparent. I mean, 31 years old, that's very young to be an NFL head coach. But to me, it's more like his experience than the age itself. Um, You know, when you look at someone like Sean McVay, he had a couple years of offensive coordinator experience under his belt or even just more experience in the NFL. I think you look at Joe Brady, this was his first year on any football level calling plays. Um, when he came down to the field, you know, he started um, calling plays from the booth at the first half of the season. And then he moved down to the field and he told us that was his first time 
being on a field during a game since um, he played in college. So <laughs> he just doesn't have a ton of experience overall. So I think that's a big question mark. I definitely think, you know, it's going to be sooner rather than later. I personally think he needs another year under his belt, but I think he could do the job. It would just take him, you know, building a staff around him and probably a couple of years to get used to all of the demands that come with being a head coach on any level. And what do you think are some of the traits that make you believe he can be a successful head coach? Because obviously his work, what he's done offensively, what he did at LSU, what he's done with the Panthers this year speaks for itself, but there must be some degree of coaching ability and just that ability to connect with players, teach them and coach them to, for him to actually be in this mix, to get interviews, to be the head coach of some certain teams. So what do you think are some of the traits he's shown that make you believe he can be a successful head coach? Yeah, he's really smart, which is, I think, a first good step. Um, he's very <laughs> it's already better than the Jets' last coach. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, he's like a smart football mind, I would say, which is like you hear that a lot, and it's, you know, whatever. But I think he's very well-versed. Um, he's coached the defensive – he coached linebackers for a little bit at William & Mary, so he's coached the other side of the ball, which I always think is a good can- – um, you want a candidate that's more well-versed, so I think he has that. Um, you know, I think, you know, when we – on, on the Panther side of things, when we talk about Joe Brady being a candidate, Panthers fans are a little confused because, you know, the offense looked good at times and it, you know, didn't look so good. But I would think one thing I would say about Joe that has stood out is, you know, he puts his players in the best position, um, which I think is a really positive attribute. I mean, you look at someone like um, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, he was used in ways he just wasn't before. And he had his best season to date by far. Um, so I think he's kind of innovative. He likes to do different stuff. Um, yeah, and I think his intelligence, I know like a lot of candidates probably, you know, their intelligence is thrown out. But I do think he's very smart and would put the people around him um, to kind of help him out in what would be a very daunting task, I would think, just because of his experience. Right, especially if you're going to go to New York, a, a losing franchise in the league's biggest market at just 31 years old. But I agree. I think Brady's intelligence is certainly his – um, biggest sticking point and the reason that he's, he's flown up the ranks into the NFL is because he's just so innovative and so creative at that offensive coordinator spot. And there's no doubt in my mind that he will be a head coach at some point. It's just, is he ready now? And I think that was a really good point you made earlier that he really hasn't had that much play calling experience. He may be young like McVay, but in football years, he's even younger because he just hasn't had that experience I think the big concern outside of age is, is what type of head coach he can be. The Jets have talked about having a CEO, and I think we've said that in literally every single podcast. But it, yes. it's important <laughs> because it's, it's – the, the, I mean, the Jets have said it in every single interview. They want a guy who can lead every single member on the team and, and not just focus on the offense. And I think that would be the concern with Brady is that he would just focus on the offense, hire a, defense, uh, hire a head coach the defense per se. And, and that model's worked. I mean, it's worked in, in L.A. with the Rams. It's worked in San Francisco with the Niners. But – the Jets tried to make it work here with Adam Gase, and it's probably more so Adam Gase and Greg Williams' fault than the model itself, but it didn't work well. And I think the Jets are looking to get away from that and to have uh, a guy who oversees the entire operation. Do you think if Joe Brady were a head coach, whether it be now or whether it be two years or three years down the line, do you think he would be, do you think he'd follow in that Sean McVay model of, I'm going to be the head coach of the offense and, you know, technically of the whole team, but I'm going to hire a guy who's going to be the head coach of the entire defense? Or, do you think Brady would try to be a Bill Belichick or a Mike Tomlin or anybody who oversees the entire football operation? Yeah. I mean, I could see Joe trying to be like the overall head coach and like, 
to overseeing some of the defense too, but I just don't think that's realistic. Um, I think whatever, at least at first, initially, I think, I think, I mean, one of the concerns um, I have about Joe Brady being a head coach is who can he bring in as the coaches around him? You know, like he doesn't have a ton of, I mean, he has some NFL connections for sure, but not as much as other candidates for the job, you know, in terms of bringing in a strong defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, like his connections are more limited than other people who are interviewing for these jobs. But yeah, I mean, I think he's a kind of guy who really likes to focus in on what he's doing. He spends a lot of time going over the offense. So I just, I mean, he's such like a offensive guy. I don't see, I see him being much more, here's my defensive coordinator. He's going to be in charge of that. And I'm going to do the offense and he'll oversee some things, but I just think it makes much, it would make much more sense for him to be way more focused on the offense than, you know, worrying about the defense. Cause I think he'd, I don't know if he'd have enough time in the day. So I just think he spends so much time like going over the offense, at least he has in Carolina and, you know, watching tape and all that, that it wouldn't make sense for him to have too much of a role on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And it's that offense that has gotten him to this point more so than anything in terms of coaching. It's just the production that he got at LSU and the improvement that he did sort of put together in Carolina. So how would you describe this Panthers offense under Joe Brady, especially the changes since before he got there, because there's been so much improvement. He's helped Teddy Bridgewater have a career year and or get back to where he was at the beginning of his career uh, in his first year with the Panthers. Robbie Anderson, who we know well, had his best season in Carolina. Curtis Samuel, who you mentioned. So there, there have been a lot of positive developments for that team and with Christian McCaffrey out for most of the year. So how would you describe this Panthers offense? And do you think that's a scheme he would bring with him to his new team? Or is this sort of the Joe Brady sort of style play that he will bring to his new team? Yeah, I think he'll bring, so this scheme, if you watch the Saints <laughs> offense, um, there's a lot of similarities, uh, a lot of similarities, because he spent two years um, working under Sean Payton in, in that scheme. So there's a lot of Saints influence. Um, you know, we always, I always argued that we never really got to see the full force of Joe Brady's offense, because Christian McCaffrey only played in two and a half games and he was like the offense was designed to work around you know Christian McCaffrey because he's Christian McCaffrey so we only got to see the offense to some extent I would say and you know it's an offense that is not run heavy <laughs> you know they did I thought they should run the ball a little more than they did um and he got a lot like you said like Robbie Anderson turned into a complete receiver which I I don't know if you guys would have expected that but we certainly did it in Carolina um but, you know, he and they used a lot of weapons. The thing that was missing that I think is the key to this offense and, you know, they had success in Carolina, but a big piece of it is having a pass catching tight end, you know, someone that you can rely on on third down or in the red zone and the Panthers don't have that. That's a huge key to this offense. Um, and yeah, and it's a lot of, <laughs> I think this is more Teddy Bridgewater specific, but short passes, they did not throw the ball downfield too, too much. So, you know, they would do that occasionally, but it's a lot of short passes, 10 yards, um, quick schemes, a lot of RPO, you know, like a combination of stuff. But I do think when you, if you look back at the Carolina offense, if the Jets or whoever Joe Brady's next team will be in the years to come, don't have a tight end. I think the offense can only do so much. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing you said there was that malleability, because I, I think that's something that Jets fans have suffered through with Adam Gase trying to force, 
Sam Darnold and other offensive players to into his system rather than build a system around him. And with Joe Brady, it's like, well, they lose Christian McCaffrey. So they go a little bit more pass heavy. They're able to, to incorporate Mike Davis a little bit with Teddy Bridgewater. They're going underneath, but if he had, you know, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, he'd probably be calling games differently. Uh, is, is there a particular game or moment, I guess, this past season that, that you thought, wow, this guy really could be a head coach, whether it be a, a moment in the locker room or a sequence of plays or something that at least sparked in your mind, well, this guy's a future head coach. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> to me, <laughs> I mean, this comes off as, I don't know if I'm supposed to be like stumping for Joe Brady, but you know, I was a little underwhelmed, <laughs> but I think he had some really good moments. I think if you look, the offense clicked the most, if you, and the most impressive performance, if you watch the game, they played the Saints in New Orleans, Teddy Bridgewater completed like over 80% of his passes. The offense was really clicking. Um, the other game actually that comes to mind is the Kansas City game when Christian played and that offense, like they trucked down the field on some drives. Like if you look back at that game, like how they used Christian, like there's a vision there and it looked awesome. Like this offense had moments. Those are the two games I would point to where like you could see this is why they hired Joe Brady. This is what he can do. Um, but to be honest with you, like there was some very questionable decision-making, um, multiple times in many situations, um, late in games in the red zone, um, communication issues. And that falls on Matt rule and Teddy Bridgewater. But I, again, I don't know if I'm supposed to only be saying positive. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. It's, it's good because we, we don't want, we want to get an honest look at these candidates. Yeah. So obviously we have some negative questions, but that's good to know because I think yeah. that there are still, we still get people tweeting at us like, Oh, when's the Joe Brady episode, the Jets should hire Joe Brady. And it's like, I don't think he's what the jets are looking for. I mean, I think he could be a good head coach, but no, 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 definitely paint the whole picture and not just the, the nice, um, yeah. I guess, picture that the jets fans have in their head of Joe Brady being the next Sean McVay. We want every part of the story, but one of the good things that I guess you can credit with either Joe Brady or I guess Matt rule or, uh, your receivers coach, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, is Robbie Anderson turning into that full receiver. I mean, how do you think Joe Brady was able to unlock Robbie? I guess, how was he used in Carolina that would be differently than the deep threat go route that, that he was used as um, in New York? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. He, I mean, he ran pretty much every, like everything, you know, his, he, he dropped off at the second half of the season. And I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure why, but he had a really productive first half of the season. They, I mean, pretty much let him do everything. Um, you know, at one point there were a few games where he was like Teddy's go-to guy where he was just seemed to be always open and would get yards after catch and just looked great. Um, so I think it was honestly, they just trusted to use him in a more ways than one. Like he was, I mean, this offense didn't throw a lot of deep routes, but you know, like, they were able to use him all over the field and Joe Brady was not afraid to do that. Um, and, you know, with DJ Moore, there's a lot of big wide, you know, very big's not the right word, but very prolific wide receivers who can run quickly. This is a fast wide receiver group, but Robbie kind of stood out in that they let him do whatever, let him go across the middle deep, you know, a variety of things. He ran the ball once it didn't go well, <laughs> but they really let him do so many things. And I think that was Joe Brady, just trusting him. They put him in those situations and it worked. Um, I will say, like I said before, he, one thing he does well is he puts, you know, the players in a position to succeed. Um, they had four players get over a thousand scrimmage yards, which is just incredible. <laughs> so I just think he puts, um, he put all of the weapons in the best position to succeed. And I think we saw that with Robbie. 
and, and obviously at quarterback is the, the biggest point of this offense in 2020 signing Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. And he had a pretty solid season. Like you said, it wasn't great for the most part. The explosiveness wasn't necessarily there. So kind of talk about what Joe Brady did with Teddy Bridgewater, both the good and the bad, because like you said uh, there, he was pretty checked down happy, which is, you know, sort of the quarterback he's been throughout his career, but uh, both the good and the bad. What, how did Brady get, Bridgewater to have some of the strong games that he did have show some of the improvement that he showed, but also some of the downside in terms of how he could have used him better, how Teddy Bridgewater could have played better. So I guess sort of just talk about Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady, how those two guys meshed in 2020. Yeah. A lot of check downs, <laughs> um, you know, so to put this in perspective for Jets fans, the Panthers fans currently want Teddy Bridgewater out of the building. So um, it was a rough end of the season for Teddy Bridgewater. And to be honest with you guys, I don't put that on Joe very much. Like, I think that most of it falls on Teddy for some very questionable throws. Um, I think, you know, it was interesting because they came into the Panthers team, you know, they spent a year together in New Orleans. So Joe Brady came in knowing Teddy Bridgewater's strengths, his weaknesses, what he could do, what, you know, didn't work as well and had already, you know, a relationship with him. So there was really no reason this offense shouldn't have succeeded with Teddy. It was built for him to succeed um, with Christian McCaffrey, of course, but uh, I, and yeah, I mean, it was, it's a lot of short throws, which is what Teddy Bridgewater's like known for, right? He, I mean, he's not, it was a career year, but I think that's a little misleading <laughs> because he hasn't had a great statistical season in his career, Teddy Bridgewater. But so, yeah, it's hard for me to say that he like brought out the best in Teddy Bridgewater because I, I don't know if that's Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling. It very well may be. Um, but there was accuracy at the end of the season was an issue. They started out, he started out with like, a great he was I know he was second in completion percentage at some point but accuracy went down red zone interceptions became prevalent um and there was some weird play calling like if you go back to that Green Bay game um and first and goal at the one yard line Teddy Bridgewater ran a quarterback sneak that was the play call and Teddy Bridgewater is not <laughs> a quarterback sneak kind of guy so there's been weird moments um when in that kind of play calling but you know, he brought out some of his accuracy at the first half of the season and those shorter throws, which Teddy Bridgewater can do very well. But um, yeah, again, I think it's if you're arguing that's Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling, then he looked great. But there were some questionable moments as well. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing, and we talked about it earlier, is what would his staff look like if he became head coach? Because like we talked about a ton, his focus is offense. He does have that defensive experience, like you mentioned, which is definitely a big plus for him as he tries to make that leap to head coach. But he's an offensive guy. That's what he does. He's there to build the offense and call the offense. That's his bread and butter. So getting a guy who can run the defense, uh, a, a defensive head coach, which is sort of like Ben mentioned, kind of like Greg Williams was for Adam Gase, like Wade Phillips was for Sean McVay when he came in getting that defensive head coach is going to be really key for him and obviously building the rest of the staff as well. So if Joe Brady did make that leap to a head coach, what do you think that staff would look like? Because like you mentioned, he doesn't have too many connections in the league just because of his limited experience. So what could that Joe Brady staff look like? Is there anyone in Carolina he could take with him? Uh, and just what do you think his staff could look like and what it needs to look like for him to be successful? Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, my initial answer to your question 
you know, would be the people that left <laughs> the Carolina team this week. So, you know, Jake Peets, who was their quarterback coach, took the offensive coordinator job at LSU this week. And Joe Brady's one of his best friends, DJ Mangus, took the passing game coordinator job at LSU. And those guys, if Joe Brady got a head coaching job today, they would probably leave LSU, but that'd be quite, <laughs> quite the week. So yeah. those are two guys who I would assume if Joe, those are like Jake Peets, DJ Mangus, those are two guys on the offensive side of the ball. Um, in terms of, you know, there's probably a couple, couple other offensive names he could take from the Panthers staff, but on the defensive side of the ball, those are Matt Rule guys, um, people who example defensive coordinator Phil Snow has been with Matt Rule for a very long time he's not going to go with Joe Brady um you know most of the defensive coaches were with Matt Rule at Baylor so I don't see him taking many of those um I think he would have to go back to some of his William and Mary connections you know William and Mary has Mike Tomlin Sean McDermott you know those kind of guys there's a deep coaching history from the school I assume he'd take from there um, maybe some of his New Orleans connections, but I'll be honest with you guys, a defensive coordinator name like doesn't pop. Like I've, I've been thinking about it a lot and like, there's no one who like, ah, yes, this is who Joe would make his defensive coordinator right. or defensive. Co- I mean, even the defensive staff. So I think it's honestly kind of a question mark. Maybe there's some people from LSU he could take, but I really do think, you know, but they just blew their staff up. Right. So <laughs> I don't know who he's taking from there, but. So I think that is honestly, to me, his biggest flaw is that he just that lack of experience. I mean, the New Orleans staff, Sean Payton's not going to like let Joe Brady take whoever he wants. So I think I think that's going to be extremely difficult for him. Um, I'm sure there's resources to pull on, but he's not going to get the best of the best for sure. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned New Orleans because the Jets requested Aaron Glenn as a potential head coaching uh, candidate. And we we talked about this podcast um, how, yes, they're bringing him as a head coaching candidate, but they may end up hiring him as a defensive coordinator if they were to hire uh, a guy who didn't really have a set staff like Brady. And it's interesting that Brady comes from Matt Rule because the whole sticking point and the reason that Matt Rule isn't in New York is because the Jets weren't comfortable with his, you know, Baylor-heavy staff. They wanted to pair him with Tom Munkin or Adam Gase, an offensive coordinator, um, and, and Matt Rule backed out, and now he's the, the coach of the Panthers. Uh, and the Jets are in this cycle again. Uh, and I think the other thing is, and you kind of touched on it because Brady doesn't have a lot of experience. I mean, this is a really underrated part, but a lot of these guys, they're at least uh, a lot of these candidates at least are expecting to be head coaches or at least preparing for it and spend the off seasons working on it. And well, you know, what would their staff look like establishing connections that when they go into the interviews, they can say, this is going to be my defensive coordinator. This will be my QB coach. This will be my linebackers, you know, et cetera. There may be some holes, but they can at least provide, an over, you know, uh, an overview of kind of what their staff might look like. And with Brady, I don't think he was expecting to even get head coaching interviews this, this season because he comes directly from LSU has one year of offensive coordinator experience on an average to mediocre team. And now he's going to be a head coach. He hasn't had that off season where he's really got to sit down uh, and, and lay out his staff. I think it'll be good for him to go through some interviews this, this time around, but I agree. I think it's, it's, he's too green and that staff is too big of a question mark, but I want your opinion. Do you think this is the off season that he lands a head coaching job? If so, where, where do you think is the most likely spot? Or do you, do you agree that it's probably another year or two away from Joe Brady being a head coach? Yeah. 
One thing I will say is if I've learned anything about Joe is he was prepared for any situation <laughs> that maybe like I'm having trouble being like this person makes sense as a defensive coordinator but I promise you like if there's one thing I've learned about Joe Brady is he's like ultra prepared um I don't know for certain that he's you know he has not had the time to sit down and think through who would be an NFL coaching staff with him but I doubt he I imagine he's very prepared for any interview he walks in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would think too with the defense coordinator, one last thing on that is that it would be just, I think it would make sense would be to be someone he doesn't have a relationship with that, you know, whatever team he ends up with kind of attaches to him or he meets through a connection or whatever. Um, but in terms of him getting hired, I would be surprised. <laughs> I would be surprised if it's this year. I think next year makes a lot more sense for Joe. Um, but I mean, it could happen. I think the most logical landing spot seems to be Atlanta, um, as they're still looking. He's interviewed with the Texans and the Chargers now, and you know the Texans have a GM, and that doesn't. The Patriots' influence there doesn't really seem to make much sense with Joe. So I think the Falcons would be logical, um, as they're still looking for a GM as well. But again, I would be surprised. But I guess you never know. So I guess to wrap it all up with Joe Brady, if the say the Jets do hire him or any team hires him what would your overall not necessarily pitch be because I know there are a lot of concerns that we talked about but what would your overall sort of synopsis be to the team that hires Joe Brady what should fans of that team be excited about and what should they also be looking for as concerns and uh, potential question marks that they should look out for from hiring him yeah I mean I think you know with all I feel like I said a lot of negatives but with all of that in mind like he will have success like I don't doubt that how much time it takes, I think we could argue over, you know, if he'll need a couple years or he has, you know, he'll make, he'll make plenty of mistakes along the way for sure. Um, but he'll have success. I do not doubt that. He, like I said before, he's a very intelligent person. He is extremely prepared. He'll spend a lot of time being the best that he can be and asking questions and all of that. I don't doubt that at all. Um, I just, yeah. So I'd be prepared for maybe... <laughs> you know, some seasons of him adjusting and getting used to it, but he can call an offense. Like, I think his offense, if he is the right pieces, can have a lot of success. And then I think he can be, you know, that head coach that he would just need to develop into that part. So I, wherever he goes, the offense will have a lot of success, but maybe the rest of the coaching, the head coaching responsibilities will come in the years to follow. So more development, but... He, I mean, he, he will have – his offenses are really fun to watch. So I think that would be the most exciting thing if he was going to be head coach of my team. Elena, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Where can our listeners find your work? I mean, maybe – they're all Jets fans, but maybe they want to pick an NFC team and, and follow the Panthers? Listen, Robbie Anderson <laughs> – Yeah, that's true. <laughs> often brings up the Jets. So <laughs> this, this week he was like, you know, I was really frustrated with the Jets, and I was like, we're still talking about that? Um, <laughs> find my work at charlotteobserver.com and then i'm on twitter at a getsonberg awesome thank you so much for joining us joe brady ladies and gentlemen tweet us at cyj pod your thoughts on on the jets potentially hiring joe brady as their next head coach you can follow myself at ben w blessington michael at michael underscore nania you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts itunes spotify jets x factor thanks Elena. and it's quitted williams this time for the jets down
most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims. 